Bears. 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 Country Podcast. Welcome to Bears Country Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Shorty, here with my man, Nomad. Nomad, are you ready? Say, man, what's happening, Jack? How you doing today, Shorty? <clears throat> I'm, I'm doing much better now that I got my voice back, man. Thank you, Nomad. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I wonder what happened there, man. What the fuck did you drink? <laughs> I don't know. I had a frog in my throat. I sounded like you. It was pretty cool. <laughs> That's kind of scary, man. <laughs> Now, how you doing though? I'm I'm excellent, man. How are you doing? It's great to it's great to be pounding this out with you, man. We got some more uh, transactions that happened with the team today. Uh, Amir Smith Marset, wide receiver, six foot one, 185 pound, little little uh, dynamite, five four uh, four four forty ish. Looks like a good addition to the team. We saw some good stuff out of him on the Minnesota Vikings and uh, Kalichi Osalemi. Six foot five, three hundred and thirty pound tackle guard, whatever you want to call them. These kind of uh, transactions that are going on with the offensive line, in addition to uh, Underwood that we got yesterday, kind of has the arrow pointing up on the offensive line, right? How about like and love? I like, I really like uh, the Amir Smith Marquette Marset move. That that he's a uh, how do we say? I would call him a mixture between uh, Darnell Mooney and and what's his name from uh, Buffalo? Can't think of his name right now. Number fourteen. Oh, uh, uh, Diggs, Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, body type, mm-hmm. speed of uh, of of uh, Mooney, and so yeah, he should be a pretty good addition. He's not the uh, size receiver I was thinking they might have gone after, like a Preston Williams or or an Alden Tate. But who knows? For all I know, they could be still eyeballing those guys. Poles was rumored to be uh, eyeballing Preston Williams before we got uh, what's his name, uh, Nikhil Harry. So who knows, man? This as much as many pieces that are, that they are moving, there's no telling what could happen in the next 24 to 48 hours. And with Tajay Sharp going down with some strange rib injury, I mean, I, I've cracked a rib probably multiple ribs it hurt like hell i couldn't i could barely breathe i it was hard to walk it was hard to move it was hard to take a shit i mean it was it it hurt like hell but i was able to play football again in a few months at the at the most a couple months at the least and the fact that he's missing the entire season is kind of strange so i guess you have to replace him with somebody and uh, he's a nice little weapon that they added to the team yeah, this whole this whole thing. I've never had a, a rib injury quite like that. Maybe maybe a strain or something, a muscle strain or something, but nothing like a fracture or anything like that. Um, that is odd to me. I, I've I've known a few people to have them a whole season. And that smells kind of fishy. I, I don't know. It could be some things going on behind the scene. Who knows? It could be legit. It could it could be that bad. But I just. It's just hard for me to imagine a whole season for a rib injury. But, you know, if this is their replacement, they'll figure out some way to use him and use his skill sets, I'm sure. Well, they're still not disclosing injuries, right? Exactly what the injury is, right? They don't have to do that until the season starts. So he could have punctured a lung or any other 
a, a number of organs or something if the rib broke that badly. So uh, missing the entire season, uh, it must have been a pretty severe injury, uh, to say the least. I don't know, man. This is just fishy sounding to me. I mean, if he's got a punctured lung, that's I'll fall on my sword about that and apologize. But it's just I feel bad for him, man, because he, he performed so well in uh, OTAs and in camp and everything was ticking up for him. So I'm sure he's probably somewhere bummed the fuck out and just like, damn, man, here was my opportunity and this shit happened. Yeah, no shit, right? I'm sure he was getting excited about playing with Justin Fields because, you know, we talked about some of these wide receivers that they brought in to the team and how the missing factor in their development of, you know, being cut from their team that they were on was that those teams didn't have a quarterback and you got to get excited. Uh, if you see the potential in Justin Fields as a wide receiver, who's coming to Chicago to play for the bears that you you're putting your eggs in that basket. I'm sure he thought he was going to have a, a real good chance with a much better quarterback and uh it sucks that we're not going to get to see that this year so hopefully marset um can fill the void that sharp left behind yeah and just hey praying for uh for tajay sharp man get well man get better and hopefully next year when you come back at it dude you'll be 100 percent and get to where you was aiming to get to this year but with that being said, uh, before anybody gets out there and starts that bull crap about, you know, here go the Bears again, dumpster diving for cut players. Again, these are NFL talented players. They've, they've been, there's been a regime, regime change in uh, Minnesota. So multiple guys have lost position. Just, that's just what happened. It's the nature of the beast. When new regimes come in, they see a guy that fits and they see guys that don't. And whether he's a good player or not, if he's not someone that's gelling with the coaches and buying into what they're selling, I don't care how, how good he is. You saw what happened when our guys got here. They found themselves out of the door. And so mm -hmm. here we are on the receiving end of a couple of really talented players that Minnesota let go of. So I don't want to hear none of that bullshit. Those guys could play last year. You wouldn't call them bums last year. Don't call them bums now. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the uh... – Tackle slash guard that we picked up today, uh, Kalichi Osalemi. I'm pretty uh, oh, jacked my. about that guy. He's a bruiser. Oh my, bro! My my eyebrows raised up because I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. I'm like, okay, where has he been? And so the first thing came to my mind is this dude is you put Tevin Jenkins and Dieter Iselin together, and they can't even fucking compare to how nasty this dude is. This dude is a cage animal with raw meat. He destroys people. I mean, I've seen this guy ragdoll 320-pound men like you would do a child or something. I mean, it's, it's, it's ferocious when you watch it. You have to really study his tape, man. I'm telling you, this dude is an animal. I mean, absolute animal, and he finishes people. So you think they're going to have him maybe compete with Borum to take over that right guard position and – Maybe use Borum and Reef as a as swing tackles or something? Absolutely not. I think he's a left side guy, whether it be left guard or left tackle. He's there, and I believe, and this is just off, I'm just not pulling stuff out of my ass, but I am reaching. I'm assuming he's there to 
no no one's been able to push uh, Cody Whitehair thus far. I don't know how physical Cody Whitehair has looked in the run game. I've seen some plays where Cody Whitehair didn't look so good in the run game, and they are in, insisting on establishing a physical presence up front. And if Cody Whitehair, I don't care if he's been there 25, 30 years, if he's not giving them what they want, he's going to bring somebody in to give them a legit push for his job. And so I think on that side, that's where uh, Osimele, I might be butchering his name, I think he's probably aiming at that left guard spot. However, Leatherwood, I think he's uh, – can I get into this real quick and I'll just throw my little assumption out there? No, please uh, do. Okay. And so I said something to some guys in the bar room and I told them that, you know, just just a wild thought just off of his resume talking about uh, Leatherwood that he would come in and push for the right tackle job. Reason being is because I didn't think in the preseason that Tevin, I mean, uh, Larry Borm was quite physical enough. He wasn't quite nasty enough at that right tackle spot. And I think they are, I'm telling you, man, I think they are insisting on being nasty across that front line. And I didn't see that in Larry Borm. And so when they got Leatherwood, that's the first thing I thought they're going to they're gonna throw him at right tackle. And uh, Larry Baum and Reef would be the swing tackles. And sure as shit, they got him in there in the first day where they put him, right tackle. And so not trying to sound like the guy that knows everything, but that was my hunch, and that's what happened. So you think that uh, the signing of Os- Osalemi could be an insurance policy also for Braxton Jones in case he doesn't work out at left tackle? We a damn good one because he plays them both equally well. Yeah. So I mean, upgrade. We got we upgraded the offensive line in two days, right? We had this worry about the offensive line going into the season. We were all excited about the general manager being of the offensive line background, and we knew that he was going to put together a, a good offensive line on this team. And some people were kind of worried going into the season, uh, especially before it looks like Tevin Jenkins is a solid right tackle or right guard. Uh, all of a sudden, it, just in the matter of a couple of, if you really want to call it, if you, you can go back to the last preseason game, really seeing what we had in Jenkins, it's a massive upgrade that we've seen at this offensive line just in the last week or so that gives me personally a lot of hope going into the season because – now we have some depth to it as well. We got some nasty motherfuckers on this team too. So pricks, like he, like Poles likes to call him. So I'm excited moving forward, but this is this is some good news today, man. Not only pricks, we got a bunch of hostile pricks. These, <laughs> these are some mean sons of bitches, man. I guarantee you that. And that's yeah. what they want. You want that kind of attitude and that kind of demeanor up front. And I just didn't see it in Borum, man. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't watch everything but worm is not a great finisher right. that's what they're looking for they're constantly talking about finishing he doesn't he's not a grave digger he's not putting these dudes into the dirt like mm-hmm. he's supposed to and they're going to find somebody eventually to to get that done and they I, they may have found that in leatherwood man and i don't know if he's gonna um i mean he's been training been in camp just like everybody else has this year so it's just a matter of uh him learning the terminology and the sets and, you know, just the verbiage that goes on up front. 
before he's he's challenging Larry Borm, I think. And uh, speaking of Brian Poles, as I was just talking about with the offensive line uh, talent he's bringing in, it was really cool to see him do a presser with Ian Cunningham and have them both kind of sit out there and uh, talk about what they're doing together with the team. That's the first time we've ever seen that, right? Never seen a, a, a tandem of general managers sitting at the podium for the Chicago Bears before. Pretty cool, man. Man, you know, that was that was really cool. I, I, I appreciated that on Ryan Poles' part because usually these guys are, are pretty vain and, and in their positions. They, they want to be the focus, the spotlight, and they don't want anybody taking that shine. I think he's putting uh, Ian Cunningham in a position to have recognition and to be able to have an easy landing strip into one of these GM jobs at some point soon. I think he's putting them in a position. And if we're doing well this year, like I expect us to be, be doing, yeah, some people are going to be calling that guy because he's got everything to do with all this. Because Poles can't, he can't do everything. He can't study everybody and, and still be an administrator. He's got to have somebody that puts on that hat and say, hey, man, I'm been, I've been looking at these guys over here. Also, Mele, he's he's healthy and ready to uh, get back into the league. I got a guy from um, from the Raiders that's talked to me about uh, Leatherwood, and they said it's just might be just technical problems, and he thinks it's uh, something the O-line coaches here can clean up, and we got us a steal. You know, that's probably Ian Cunningham doing a lot of that. I'm not saying that Poles doesn't have a part in that. I'm sure he does. But someone has to do that legwork, you know. And so, to me, he's going to be on the glide path to a, a GM spot soon, especially if we start doing well this year. Two is always better than one, right? Be a lot easier to Amen. clean your house. Be a lot easier to clean your house if you could clone yourself, right? Or clone yourself right. and your and your wife. You'd have twice as you'd be getting twice as much done. Why wouldn't he want to have a right hand man like that that can be on? the ground doing the legwork for him so he can actually do his job and brilliant and it's it's refreshing to see uh both mccaskey's finally allowing uh this team to have multiple an assistant general manager because you know we've heard about uh the general manager that went to indy he wanted the same thing and uh, we, we wouldn't give it to him at the time, or the Bears wouldn't give him to him at the time, and they're seeing what they're building in Indy, and now we, we give him the opportunity to do it with uh, to have a, uh, an assistant general manager in Ian Cunningham, and we're seeing the fruits of the labor, I think, already. And it's, it's, it's such a short period of time to be seeing the fruits of that labor. I mean, this offensive line is it's an upgrade from last season. Would you say so or not? Oh yeah, no, yeah. no question about it. Just the just the the type of guys that they brought in and the type of uh, play they're insisting on out, out of that offensive line, whether it be the guys they brought in or a couple of guys that are there from years past, they are insisting on a certain type of play. And if you can't deliver, you won't be there long. And you can tell that these guys that was part of the sell job with the Bears uh, front office. I mean, the ownership, rather, was mm -hmm. we will get this offensive line retooled and fixed and ready to service this team. That's mm -hmm. what we do. Both of those guys are offensive line guys. Mm -hmm. And so we Brian Poole's probably not here 
had they not went along with hiring uh, uh, Ian Cunningham. He's probably in Minnesota some fucking way. Yeah. And they're still hot. The Vikings fans are fucking hot. And we got two of their best players just in the last 24 hours. They're fucking yeah. hot, bro. Trust me. I bet they are. <laughs> and good. <laughs> we actually have a, uh, a Vikings podcaster that we've been trying to reach out to. Uh, I guess this is a good time as any to kind of promote that. We've been reaching out to podcasters of other NFC North teams, and we managed to land one from the Vikings. Uh, we're trying to get Lions and Packers so we can do a little breakdown the week before leading up to our team's matchups. And uh, so far we have a Vikings lined up, so that'll be fun to kind of shoot the shit with, with him when he comes on. Uh, just talk about, you know, we took some of the, some of their players. Uh, Kellen Mond hasn't worked out for them. That's kind of a, a surprise. And little things like that. It'll be fun once we can we can get the entire thing lined up to have all three other teams join us in a podcast and just kind of do a weekly break or a breakdown of that week's game. It should be pretty fun. So look off for that in the future, and uh, make sure you subscribe and set your notifications as well for that because we we already have one. We only have a two left. So. I'm sure it, it it's going to happen. Um, anything else you want to talk about, Nomad? I think that's about it. Really quickly, um, a couple of things that he uh, he guys, please give what's what is his name? Sam Mustafer. Give that man his flowers, man. That man has improved. His upper body strength is much much better. His lower body strength is much much better. Is he still getting pushed back a little bit? Yes. But that guy is improving, and Poles gave him his respects today. I noticed that. He went out of his way to uh, give Sam Muster for his flowers, and so I'm going to give them to him too. So, you guys, I mean, ease up on Sam, man. He, he's, he's out there working his ass off, and he's not trying to be out there and get a quarterback destroyed. He's doing his very best. Is he a little undersized at times? It seems like it, but he looks a lot stronger than he did, and he was the first man up. When, when when Justin got the shit knocked out of him, who was there first, the bodyguard? Sam. So, yeah. I mean, give that guy his flowers. But the last thing about the offensive line, I, he, um, I think in the Hogan Johns interview, he, I think I read a quote saying, you know, I, I didn't – I could have done the Tevin situation or handled the Tevin situation better than I did. And uh, something, something along that line. Mm -hmm. He's pleased with Tevin, and he's glad that he's working out at guard, and, and they're, they're pleased with that. But he also mm -hmm. said that uh, he wasn't the one that was calling people about trading him. So he put that out. So, yeah, I, I was happy. I was happy to see that in the in the press conference that you could you could tell in his response that he's very happy with Tevin Jenkins, and he talked about the process of moving everyone around on the line. And they said that they were going to do that from the beginning. And then when, once that happens and everyone's wondering what the hell is going on, well, they told you they were doing that and it worked out for them. The fruits of their labor paid off. They said, fuck it. Let's just put Jenkins on the inside. Let's see what happens. And the kid is just such a beast it, that he it's to see him working out and playing well, it just makes me so happy for the kid, man, because he deserves it. And so do we as fans. 
Yeah, um, go ahead. You can put the wraps on it if you want. I know we got shit to do. Well, I just wanted to. Uh, there's a couple things I wanted to say. Uh, for, the first one is I heard recently that uh, Hub Arkush is ho hospitalized for some kind of a he had a medical emergency and he was hospitalized. Uh, and he's been in the hospital for a couple of weeks now. He was hospitalized in mid-August. So uh, just want to send out our prayers to Hub Arkush. Uh, he's been around a long time in the Chicago scene. I remember reading all of his articles when I was a kid in the Tribune or the Sun-Times, whatever it was. I can't remember. I think it was a Tribune. But I'm a big fan of Hub Arkush's. I know we all in Chicagoland are. And there's, we just want to send out our wishes to Hub. We hope you're okay. Whatever's going on. We hope you are well soon and get out of the hospital and get home and get back to what you do best. And uh, the second thing that we, I wanted to say is, and you can add to this too, Nomad, um, we learned that, um, well, we should probably first off start by saying uh, we have a pod father and the Barum Network, and we are doing our, we're moving our Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern live show to the Barroom Network. And we were supposed to do that this Monday. That was going to be the first show. There's there's a whole lot of production that's going into redoing Bears Country Podcast. And um, our podfather, Aldo Gandia, his mother passed away yesterday. Uh, so, Aldo, we want to send our condolences to you. We love you. Um, we hope that you and your family are okay. And nobody ever wants to lose their mother I don't care if your mother is 150 years old. Nobody wants to lose their mother. Um, so our hearts are out to you, Aldo, and your family. And I'm sure you want to add anything to that, Nomad? Not really. Just want to say peace and love to Aldo and his family. Just, just you know, be there for your loved ones, brother. Mm -hmm. And wish your heart some healing, man. That's, I'm here for whatever you might need. Just give us a call if you need some help with anything. Call mm -hmm. us up. So, uh... That being said, I don't know if we're actually moving our podcast to the Barab on on the, the 5th, this next coming Monday. We were supposed to. Uh, we told we told Aldo, please don't even worry about any of this now. Uh, just take care of your family and yourself. And uh, as of this moment, we're still planning on it, but we'll, we'll keep you posted just to let you know if we're not. Then the Monday night broadcast will be done from this channel, the Bears Country Podcast, here. So, uh if you like this content, please uh, subscribe and like it. And hang on, hang on. You forgot one thing. What's that? And we aren't we supposed to be featured on a pod? Oh yeah, Jesus! I'm so sorry. Yes, we are going to be on. I'm. I was so caught up in all that. Uh, my heart's just going out to Eldo right now. Uh, yes, we. I've been invited to be on the Unbearable Sports Podcast tonight with Brad Barron. We're doing that at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the roster with Brad. We had a great time with Brad on Monday when he came on our show, and he had a great time too. So he um, reached out to us to come on his show tonight. So check us out over on the Unbearable Sports uh, channel with Brad Barron, talking some more bears with you at 9 p.m. Central. It's going to be a lot of fun. Brad's a lot. Brad's a good conversation. Uh, so until then, I guess we'll wrap up. Bears Country Podcast episode, whatever this is, I lost track. So uh, <laughs> again, if you do like this content, please make sure 
to like and subscribe, set your notifications because we have a lot of amazing things planned for this channel, including live podcasts, a pregame, midgame, and postgame at the Bears opener uh, for the against the 49ers, as well as another one here in Atlanta playing the Falcons. I have season tickets to that. We're going to go to that and do a, our show from there. And then we'll also be back in Chicago when the Bears play the Dolphins. And we're going to be there with the Barroom Network. And we're going to do some really amazing things from there as well. So make sure you like and subscribe, set your notifications, check us out in a couple hours over on Unbearable Sports. Until then, we'll see you next time. Bears. Bears.